0: You know, God is a jealous God. He doesn't want to share us with anything. And you know, just even singing that just now, I got a picture even of you know, my daughter, Mercy, who right now she has a little cousin to compete with the grandparents with. And you, you could just see the jealousy that she has sometimes because of the other grandchild is getting attention. And you know, that's what God is with us. God wants us to recognize that he doesn't want to share us with anybody but that he wants us wholly and truly to be his and that's what we're gonna look at as we, as we start this series kinda of continue this series and you know it was so funny as I came on the basketball court tonight and I talked to someone and I said well you got a nice Chicago Bulls hat on and for those that are here tonight we know that the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat are playing Right? Well, it got me thinking. Listen. It got me thinking about this whole thing. Hold on. Listen. Because I have a, you know, I'm on Facebook. And on Monday night, when the Bulls beat the Heat. Hold on. When the Bulls beat the Heat. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. on. Y'all can let me finish? When the Bulls beat the Heat, my Facebook was clear of Heat fans. I didn't see a heat fan come on that night. They was like, must be gone off of Facebook for that night. But Wednesday night came. And they heat one. And anyway, listen. And my face and my Facebook lit up with heat fans. And you know why, I bring this illustration is this? That is just how me and you are. You see, when things are going the way we want to go, we are gonna be fans. We could be there, you know, think, we, we happy, the Heat won. They beat the Bulls by 37 points, that's a beat down. But just two nights ago, the Bulls beat them. Which means the series is 1-1. Whether you lose by 1, whether you lose by 37, 40, 50, it's still one loss. But the point I'm trying to make is this. When we think of the whole concept of what a fan is, a fan is a person that admires people when things are going good. A, person, a fan is a person that says, you know what, I know their birthday, I know all these things about them, I know their stats, but the minute they do something wrong to me, we, we forget about them. And you might remember on that Sunday morning when I used the whole illustration of LeBron James. Because LeBron James was the most loved athlete of Cleveland, Ohio. But yet, the minute he left and said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, what happened to him? People started to burn his jerseys. They did everything that was... Not something you would do to the person you love. We saw that they were just the fans of his. So tonight, I want us to really sit and think of this question: Are you a genuine follower of Christ? Are you with God through the thick and through the thin? Are you with God when things don't go the way we want it to go? Um, you know, for, for a lot of times, you know, we—it's so easy for us. To love God when it's going the way we want it to go. You know, we don't complain to God then. When it's going the way we want it to go, we have no complaints. You know, just so, you know, for those that don't know, um, the reason that Tamsin isn't here tonight is because her grandmother is in the hospital. You know, she's had an emergency surgery on Sunday, and they're just, you know, watching her and, and, and making sure that everything's all right. But, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that God is a sovereign God. He knows everything that's going to happen before it happens. You see, we may think sometimes when things happen to us that God doesn't have our best interest at heart, but He does. But He also wants us to to learn from these experiences. And tonight we want to look at, again, the whole concept and answer that question. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you just a person that comes to church and says, you know what, I'm a fan of Jesus Christ on Sunday, Friday, I'm going to have I come to church. Or can you honestly say to yourself, you know what, I am a follower of Christ. I follow Christ from Monday to Sunday. You see, we have what we call the Sunday Christian. We have what we call the the people that when they come to church on Sunday, they think they put on their best clothes, they think that they have it all together because I came in my Armani suit. I, I am a Christian because I dress what a Christian is supposed to look like. Let me ask you all one question. And I don't know if I asked you all this before, but anyone ever been to JCPenney and asked them where their church clothes section was? <laughs> you did that? No. JCPenney. All right, well, anyway, y'all. You actually went, hold oh, on. All right, so hold on. Y'all actually went somewhere and said, Wow. Okay, let me just sell this right here. All right, let me sell this right there. There's no such thing as church clothes. Did they look at you funny when you asked them that? You did? Okay. But did they look at you funny? They did, right? Because they like, church clothes, like... You know, like, yeah, you know, no one... There's no such thing. There's no such thing as church clothes. Yes, there are and clothes that we say we would wear to church, but there's no way you go in JC JCPenney and say, excuse me, where's your church clothes aisle? That doesn't happen. But you see, that's what sometimes we do. We come and we put on those church clothes and we think, oh yes, I'm a Christian today because I'm dressed to go to church. But you know what? The church don't make us nothing. The clothes doesn't make us anything. The only thing that matters is our relationship with Jesus Christ. We could have all the right clothes. We could have the biggest Bible in, you know... This is like the huge, probably the biggest Bible I have, and and you know what? I remember, you know, growing growing up, people used to always say, you make sure you take the biggest Bible to church, you know, because it makes you look like a Christian, you know. And you know, I think that that's what we do sometimes. You know, today we probably don't have that many because everyone brings their iPhones, iPads, and everything else. So you know, you don't have that. But the point I'm trying to make tonight is this: What happens on Monday morning? What happens Monday morning when church is over, when the whole time that we think of worship, when worship really is a lifestyle, when worship is everything that we are about, what happens on Monday morning to school? You see, too many times what we do, we look good on Sunday, but then Monday the truth really comes out of who we truly are. And you know what the reality of all of it is, is we're not... Making us look bad. We're making God look bad. And that's the biggest thing. You know, I could I get kill less if I make myself look bad? But the question that I have to answer my ask myself all the time is what are people is people seeing God in me? What are they seeing in me? You know, if I had to ask for a raise of hands and said, and I don't want you to do it, but you would say, I'm a Christian. What does that mean to you? You see. We need to define the relationship. What is your relationship with Jesus Christ? What is that relationship all about? Is that just a Sunday thing? Or a Friday night thing? Or is it an everyday thing? A 24-7 thing? Because that's what it should be. You see, too many times we think that because we're not in church, we're away from God. Too many times we say, you know what, I'm not going to do that in church. Or you shouldn't do that in church. You shouldn't lie in church. You shouldn't steal in church. Guess what? You lie, you steal anywhere, it's still sin. It doesn't matter. Last time I checked, there's only a building. And the question for me and you tonight is this. If for some reason, God took away every building we had here, would we still have church? And I saw some face it and not and say, no. You know what? The bottom line is we should still have church because you know what? Us as Christians, we are the church. It doesn't matter if a building is here or not. Now let me just make sure because I could see what could happen. I'll be fired Monday morning. Let me just say this. Yes, you respect the church property. You respect what God has given us. You should respect it. But my point I'm trying to make is that we don't just worship here. We should worship everywhere. You see, Jesus asked his disciples the same question. He said to them, basically, not are you a fan of follower?" but he asked them, who am I to you? Who do people say I am? And, and for me and you tonight, I want to know, if someone came to you and asked you that question, what would be your answer? Who is Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? And for me and you, when we think of that, as I think of the Apostle Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And that should be, as a Christian, that should be every one of us in this room. We should be able to say that. The question is, could we say that? The question is, if someone followed me, where would I lead them to? You see, I know we have all these things, like for, for some of you, you go to Atlantis on a Saturday night. I don't know if you still do, anyway. You go to Saturday night, that was what I used to do growing up, so that's why I just think it still happens. That's been a long time ago, eh? Who's the, you also go to Atlantis? All right, okay. You go to Atlantis on a Saturday night, and I'm going to talk from a guy's perspective as, a, as your age. You go over to Atlantis as a guy, you want to go see the girls, You get yourself into trouble, you go, I have views like me, I was mischievous, some nights I want to go and just knock on the hotel guests' doors and run and do all that. Anyway, and let me just say, I'm not giving you ideas, please don't do it this weekend. My youth pastor used to do it, so don't, yeah, I used to do it, all right? Okay, but the point I'm trying to make is this, we are so different on Saturday night, and then Sunday morning we come here and we're like, a whole different child, a whole different person. You see, when I was your age, I fooled a lot of people. I fooled my parents. I fooled the youth leaders. But I didn't fool the most important person, God. Can't fool Him. You see, God sees right through us. God sees right through our church clothes. He sees the heart. And like I said, Jesus was brought this same question. He asked the disciples... As we look in Luke chapter 9, verse 18, he said this, Now it had happened that he, as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, What do the crowds say that I am? Verse 19 he says, And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah. Others say that one of the prophets of old has risen. Verse 20, Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one. Here it is Jesus has the opportunity. And here it is Peter saying, Look, we recognize who you are. You are the Christ, the Son of God. We recognize that. We've seen the miracles. We see all these things that you're doing. The question for me and you tonight is this Who do you say that he is? Do you say that he is the Son of God? Because if you do, we should live that way. If we say we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we should live that way. We should be different. You see, as I, you know, we talked about a little bit before on that Sunday morning, you know, Jesus had crowds right where he always wanted them. You know, Jesus did all the miracles. He he had people right where he wanted. He could have said anything to them. And they probably would have been like soaking it right in. You know, we turn to television and we see that. We see big crowds, preachers preaching, and they just preaching whatever they want because they want the crowds to be there. But here it is, Jesus is saying, you know, I am the Son of God. Don't tell Him that. Now, that's kind of different than me and you. Because me and you, we have a problem that starts with a P. What's that word? I'm like... What did you say, Drew? Pride. Pride. We have a problem, pride. You know why? Because you know what we wanted to be about us. We wanted to be about me. I want people to recognize me. And let me tell you something. This is a problem that even we have in ministry. For us who teach, for us who sing in the choir, for us who are in the drama team, for us that do junior church, it's so easy to say, it's about me. We want people to see, did you see, you know, we go, did you see me today? Did you see how good we sounded today? Did you see how good the drum was today? Did you see? You see, the question shouldn't be that. The question should be, was God satisfied today? Was God satisfied with my worship today? Was my heart pure before God? And he want me tell you something? It's very easy for us as people in ministry. When people come and encourage us, which is a good thing, but when they come and encourage us for that to go right to our heads. Charles Spurgeon, one of the most famous preachers of all time, he said that after the service, everyone would always come to him and say, good sermon, good sermon, good sermon, good sermon. You know, he kept hearing that over and over again. But it's one week... Charles Spurgeon went to another church to preach. They had a visiting preacher there. And that week that Charles Spurgeon was not a speaker, the church attendance was a little bit lower. So the next week Charles Spurgeon came back and he said to them, Look, don't come to church for me. Come to church to hear from God. Like I said, Charles Spurgeon was also a man that people kept on coming to him and saying good sermon. But Charles Spurgeon always said that before, when he got home, he would always say this, take a crown off his head and say, God, that praise is for you. You see, it's so easy for our heads to get swelled up. Man, you did such a good job today. You know, and I think that sometimes if no one comes to us at all, we think, well, we must have done a horrible job. But let me just tell you something. The bottom line is, did you do it for God or not? And let me just say, I know that it's good to get encouragement. We need encouragement. No one, you know, because the worst, we all know how it goes. We always hear the worst things. We never hear the best things. But the point I'm trying to make is this. We need to recognize that our life should be about God. He goes on in verse 22 and says this, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Here it is. Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's telling them, look, it's going to come a day when those people, go back one list, go back to verse 22, those who we respect and these positions, the elders, chief priests, scribes, that they're going to come and kill me. But I'm also going to raise on the third day. Church people. No, man, that, 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 that's got to be wrong. But you see, that's what we do every day when we don't show Christ, when we don't represent Him. You know, I, I always think of the whole crucifixion. I think, you know what, if I was there, I wouldn't be screaming crucify Him. But yet, in my life, at times, I'm doing the same thing. Because you know what? We want to put God back on the cross so many times. We want God when it's convenient for us. I'll never forget years ago we had a, a drama team when I was a little like your age, and it was a drama that they did, and they always had this drama with Jesus on the cross. And it was this this girl who would come in, and, and anyway, she would she would say. Jesus I want you to come with me to church. She took Jesus there. But when she's going to the party, the party with her friends, she would nail him back to the cross. You see that's what we do. Sometimes we wish we could put Jesus back on that cross because we want to do our own thing. But as we see in verse 23 Jesus makes it very clear. Look, before you're going to follow me, you need to recognize that this is a serious commitment that you're doing. And he said to them, said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Now let me just say this is very important because you know what? Jesus was not crucified yet. So here Jesus is saying, look, you need to take up the cross. They probably wondering, what are you talking about, Jesus? What cross? Yes, they, they did know that Romans were being crucified, but they were kind of puzzled because even though Jesus just told them "That's us going to come a day that I'm going to be crucified, they still did not get that. They still didn't get the point of, you're going to be crucified? How could the Son of God be crucified? They didn't see the plan. And here he's saying, take up the cross. Now, what does the cross represent? Burden, okay. What else? What is the cross? When you think of a cross, what do you think of? Salvation, okay. Looking for one particular word. What do you think of the cross? Looking for a word that starts with a D. Death. Death. Someone said death? I didn't hear it. Death. You think of death. You think of something dying. You see, that's what Jesus is talking about. Yes, we have a man that... Um, Is in the United States and he carries a cross everywhere he goes. You know, we do. I don't know if y'all ever, anyone ever seen him? But the guy that goes around walks with a cross. That's not what Jesus literally meant. Because if that was the case, every, everyone in this room would have a cross, hopefully. If you, have, if you call yourself a Christian, you would be carrying a cross tonight. That ain't what he meant. But he meant that we need to die to ourselves daily. I don't know if you're like me, but you know what? I have to die to myself daily because my flesh. Always wants me to do what's wrong. It's so hard to do what is right. Let me just tell you something sin is fun. Sin is fun because you know what? If sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't want to do it. But also, our relationship with Jesus Christ is fun. But you know what? That's not what the world tells us. What does the world say? Christianity is boring. It's so boring, man. I gotta go to church. I gotta sing these songs. I gotta do this thing, that thing. It's such a burden to be a Christian. Well, it ain't an easy life. Jesus never told us it was gonna be easy. If He if it was gonna be easy, everyone would be a Christian. Everyone would be a follower. You see, he wants us to recognize that look, it is a price to be paid to be a follower of me. It's not just me saying, you know what, I'm going to church on Sunday. That's enough. No. He wants us to recognize. He wants all of us. He doesn't want a part of you. He doesn't want a part of me. He wants all of me. 24. For whoever will not save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus, you telling me to die? For you? Yeah. You've got to be ready to die if that's what it takes. You see, on our side of the earth, world... We don't understand this. We don't understand what persecution is all about. Yes, we are persecuted in school. We have friends that call us a punk, a sissy, or whatever. But we don't have to worry tonight that someone will come to that door and kill us for our faith. But there are people in China right now in a smaller room than this, more people in this, underground, studying God's Word. And me and you have the freedom to do it whenever we want. There are schools in the United States that you can't even take a Bible into. You can't open a Bible. But we could. How many of y'all go to Christian school? Or been to a Christian school? All right. Well, you know what I mean? I must to be a Christian there, right? No. But that's what people think. Oh, you go to Christian school, I mean you're a Christian. No. But that's what some people, some of us think in this room. Well, I go to Christian school, I go to church, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. That's not what it's about. Christ wants total dedication, He wants 100% of us. Let me add a question. We, we understand that, you know what, the struggles of life. You know, we understand the worldly things in life. We know that there are so many things that we struggle with. I'm going to tell you, my biggest problem growing up was the music that I listened to. Listen, yes, you know, I did look at pornography. I wasn't like a, what, look like at all the time. I did it at one point. But music was the biggest stronghold in my life. And you want me to tell you something? It still is right now. I could hear a song that I used to listen to 15 years ago. From Snoop Dogg, Boozhoo Banton, all the artists, well, no, you all don't listen to them no more. 50 Cent, yeah. But listen, listen, I used to listen to all them and I knew all the lyrics. Listen. And you know what? I'm paying the price right now for it. I'm still paying the price because you know what? I can't get them lyrics out of my head. And let me tell you something. I know I might sound like, because I always used to think my, my parents was, they, they just was, you know, they're too old. I used to always say, man, y'all used to listen to that music back in your day. You know, because they always say, well, the music is saying nothing like what we are. But let me tell you, your era of music is worse and I ain't just saying that because I'm older. But you know, I I was listening. I try to keep current, not that I go and listen to, you know, I'm just saying, oh let me just listen to a song. No, because I know what it could do to me. But I was actually I watched the voice. How many of y'all watch the voice? Alright, I watched the voice. And you know, one of the most popular artists, I don't know if they still are, but is Bruno Mars. And I and, I, and this, these people were singing the song, right? So I said, you know, I knew Bruno had, I knew some other song they did, right? But I said, let me go listen to the song because it's a very catchy song, and I actually caught myself singing it. Locked out of heaven, singing the song. <laughs> All right? So I said, let me go look at the lyrics of the song. When I read the lyrics of that song, I thought to myself, wow. I thought to myself. This is what young people's minds are being filled with today, and you know what? We accept that. We sing that all over the place. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a saint. I'm a perfect. Like I'm a saint. i went to Kingsley Academy, but, <laughs> but, I'm not perfect. And that. And you know what? I can't listen to secular music. You know why? Because it grabs me so strong, and I could just. Grab it just like that and get right back into it. I, have to, I can't listen to secular music. Now, am I saying that you're wrong if you listen? No, but I'm saying there are some artists that you definitely should not listen to. I can name a list you want me to tell you something? Probably all of y'all listen to them in here. <laughs> <laughs> I can, no, no. It ain't getting you nowhere. Backstreet, no, Backstreet voice. <laughs> anyway, I, no, 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 but really, seriously, seriously, listen to me. Let, let me let me just let me let you understand this. The computer uses a term GIGO garbage in, garbage out. And like I said, I could apply that to my life every day. The things I watch on TV that's gonna come out, the things I listen to gonna come out, even without me thinking. Like I told you, I when I was when I was a uh, you pass in Spanish, well, there was these guys would have bicycles. And they would have speaker boxes on the back. It's pretty cool. But they had speaker boxes on the back, and they would be jamming music, right? <laughs> and it was a song that I hadn't heard for about 10 years. But as soon as I heard it, I could sing every lyric. And I would keep on singing it. Then I would go and listen to YouTube, and I'm like, Nicholas, what are you doing? Sin is a serious thing. It grabs the whole of you, and it's hard to let go. And you know what's so sad? You know, and, I, and I talked about this on you know, that Sunday. If Jesus had a Twitter account, how many of us would be genuine followers of him? The question is this. Would we let Bruno Mars have more followers than Jesus? Would we allow Lady Gaga to have more followers than Jesus? The question, listen. Listen, the, question, the, thing, the point I'm trying to make is this. Are you truly a follower of Christ? Are you 100% with Him? Because let me tell you something. You're either 100% with Him, or you ain't. And that's what verse 25 said. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself, or some version say, his soul? What gain do I have if I gain every friend in this world? If I gain everything in this world, what does to profit me? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. The only thing that's going to profit me is my relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, when we're all gone, when we pass on, you see, when we listen to these things now, and I'm going to tell you, you're at a young age, so you're retaining a lot more than I can right now. You see, it's so easy to fall back in that. And let me just tell you something. There are, I know we all in here struggle with different sins. We do, and that's why we need each other. We need each other to keep us accountable. We need each other to ask us questions. Accountability is a serious thing. So we come to the question, back to that question: Are you a fan, or are you a follower? Are you just with Jesus on Sundays and Fridays? Or are you with them, a genuine follower with them all the time? Here are some application questions I wanted to think about. What does following Jesus cost you? Friendships. I, mean, I didn't want no question, but that's true. It will cost you friendship. It will cost you relationships. It will cost you so much in life. Reputation. You see, it's going to cost you something. It's not going to be easy. Jesus never told you it's going to be easy. Number two, define your relationship with Jesus. What is your relationship with Jesus? What is it all about? Is it just Sunday or is it every day? Number three, are there areas of your life that is off limits from God? Are there areas of your life that you say, you know what, God, I don't want you to go there. You could have this, you could have that, but this, no. You see... You know, I know people have done radical things in the sense of they have took all their CDs and just burned them because they couldn't handle it. I know people have taken pornographic magazines and burned them, get rid of everything. Is there anywhere in your life that you can honestly say is off limits to God? If it is, you need to check yourself. You need to ask yourself, look, am I truly a follower of Christ? Am I truly 100% with God? You know, it, there's, a, uh, you know there's a Christian group that I remember, a rap group, and they're still around. Um, but I remember they did a song when I was your yeah, age called Christian Massive, and they're still around. But he said there's one, he, there was a song they had, and they said they're either one foot in or one foot out. Because that's what Christianity, you, either want, you know, you can't have two feet. I can't remember the lyrics. But it's either you're with Christ or you're against Christ. It's no in-between. It's no saying, yes, God, I'm with you on Sunday. I'm going to give you Sunday. I'm going to give you Friday. I may give you a couple Wednesdays at Slam too. But you know what? Them other days, they mine. You see, we want, we want this relationship to be convenient. So the question, again, comes back to how much time are you spending with God? For any of us in this room who want to get to know someone, who want to get in a relationship with somebody, you want to get to know them more. Are you studying God's Word? Are you trying to get to know Him more? Or are you just satisfied with coming here on a Friday night and hearing a 20-minute message and that's all you need for the week? You see, our relationship should be so much more. And I just challenge you, in closing, as we go to our small groups, is this. If there is something that you're holding on to, confess it to God. Give it to Him. Allow Him to to just take that thing from your life. Like I said, I have asked God over and over again to take that desire music from me. Yes, Satan still allows... Those things to come right away. That's why I don't even, I don't even, the radio, I only listen to sports radio. That's the only thing I listen to in my car, because I don't have a, my car when I drive to work, is only a tape layer, and they don't make tapes no more, so, you know, that's why I listen to sports radio, 103.5 FM. Yeah, the SR, yeah. So, you know, that's the only way I listen to, because I cannot go on 98.7 and listen to that, because I will be consumed with that. You see, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Please listen to me. I'm talking from experience. Cause I know y'all don't like to hear your parents. I know you don't, you know, when they say something, you think to yourself, you only say that because you I'm talking to you from experience. That's why we tell you these things. Because we don't want you to make the same mistakes we made. I had a young person once tell me when I told her they said, Let me make my mistakes. Why? Why? Why well, let you make the same mistakes I didn't know? Jesus put me on His earth before you, so, you could, so I could learn and teach you not to do these things. So I challenge you to just think of this. What has following Jesus cost you? If it ain't cost you nothing, you need to check yourself and say, well, am I truly a Christian? Let me tell you, I lost plenty of friends, plenty of relationships. I know, for following Christ. But you know what? I'd rather be on his side in the world side. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you for all that you've done. And I pray that you just be on in our small group time. I pray that you'd open up our hearts and our minds, Father, as we share truth, Father, as we look into your word some more, and Father, as we recognize just what following you is all about. You know, we sang a song today, tonight, that talked about following you. If you go, I'll go. If you stay, I'll stay. If you move, I'll move. I will follow you. And I pray that that be the heart of all of us in here, that we would follow you wherever you took us. I just thank you and I praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.